urine penis pump. Uh, game. Insertion points. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's fair. Better not be recording me without punching the memories. I just need some goddamn stingers. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, all you cool babies! It is Olivia here with a bit of an an introduction to this week's episode. Um, I am sorry that again we have had a bit of a delay in releasing. It is a bit later in the day on Wednesday. Um, your your one and only editor, me, uh, is in the process of trying to buy a house as well as planning two of the largest events at her work that we do every year. So. Um, things are a bit busy at the moment, um, but it should pick up again in podcast land soon. So with that, uh, I just want to give you guys a little bit of an overview of what's going to happen in this episode. Um, so last week, Brianna and Courtney and I did a live recording of our podcast as part of a digital convention, um, the OrbitCon. Uh, so we... For the first time, uh, used Google Hangouts as a way to record remotely from each other, which means that this was our first time trying out um, audio in this format, which means that there are a few snafus in terms of the audio. So I do just want to apologize for some of the audio quality. Um, Overall, it's pretty listenable, but there are a couple of areas where it does dip out a bit. Uh, But as we do more of this remote recording. Um, Hopefully we can make some improvements and get you all the good stuff that you want, which is lovely audio quality and our beautiful voices in your ears. So let's get started. Hello, my name is Brianne Bilyeu. I'm a blogger at The Orbit, and I am pleased to introduce this live recording of the Super Serious Social Justice Podcast. Woo! Yeah, hey, hello? What? That was just an excited noise. (laughs) <laughs> you can participate in the live Q&A by visiting the blog post for this panel at the-orbit.net. Find the blog titled Live Recording of the Super Serious Social Justice Podcast and leave a comment. Um, you can also send us questions via our Twitter account at SSSJCast. So I'm going to do my best to keep my eyes on both of those. Um, Olivia, can you help me keep an eye on the Twitter? Yeah, I was going to say I should just open that up real quick. Yeah. So, and the reason why I say that when I haven't said that for any of the other panels that I've hosted is because this is one of my things. So I am one of the co-hosts of Super Serious Social Justice. My co-hosts are Olivia James. Hello. And Courtney Kupfer. Hi. Hi, thanks for tuning in. (laughs) So we wanted to do a little bit about Super Serious Social Justice. We wanted to do a podcast that lets us think and rant and question and learn about social justice issues in a casual, conversational manner. So for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. We've been doing this podcast. Well, we've been talking about doing this podcast for about two years, I think now. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah, two years for sure. So and we've we, been recording for almost a year now. I know, I know it's coming up. Yeah. Exciting. So, so welcome if you're new. Um, just a few content notes before we get started. Today's episode will focus on body image, body acceptance, weight related topics. Uh, so if that's not your bag, if you're not in a place where you want to listen to that subject, maybe sit this one out. 
but definitely consider coming back. We do episodes every week and we talk about all sorts of fun things like, you know, rape culture, mental health, racism, ableism, fun, sexism, all sorts of light airy <laughs> items. So yeah, yeah. Another content note, we do manage to make an amazing amount of bodily function jokes. So and noises. And noises. noises, yep. So if that's something that squeaks you out, honestly, this entire podcast might not be for you. So no hard feelings. No fly zone. No fly zone. Yep. We want you to feel healthy, happy, and safe. <laughs> if that means taking a pass on all of this, please do. Word. Uh, one thing that we do try very much to do is avoid ableist language. We try to recognize and call out ableist language when we use it. Uh, we usually prep our guests that ableist language isn't welcome here, and we welcome feedback from you, from our listeners, if we use words or phrases or espouse concepts that are harmful. Speaking of which, guys, I owe a dollar uh, to the jar because- I was gonna say something about it. With Steve last week, he used the word crazy, and I failed to notice it until after the interview was over, so. I followed up bum, with him bum, and bum. I owe a dollar to the jar for not warning my guests. Let me just update that for us. What's our Um, It is opening right now. Oh, yep. So Courtney is winning right now. Brianne has six. Courtney has five. And Olivia has eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is like my favorite because I'm probably the most active in disability activism of all of us and I fuck it up so much. True. <laughs> Just goes to show you it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. It's work. Oh. Speaking um, of work, does this count as a side hustle if we make no money from it and it actually costs us money? What's a side hustle? A side hustle is like a side job. Like, oh, I have a side hustle. My side hustle is crocheting, crocheting shit and selling it on Etsy. This Usually it's not like a formal job though. Usually it's like uh, like a freelancing or something like that. But uh I don't no, know. No. Yeah, this this there's no money being made here. I mean, we're spending it very it's well. <laughs> do we want Sorry. to get into our topics? Oh yeah, we had a topic. Yeah, we do. I just want to point out, like, when I talk, my face is the one on the main screen, and I just I love this cape so much. I love because that you have a knowing cape. April. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. That's your moment in Minnesota. It's freaking snowing again. Yeah, we have uh, probably two feet of snow out there. It's getting ridiculous. Two feet doesn't sound nearly as bad as... 24 inches? 24 inches, yeah. That's... <laughs> I saw you struggling with that one. It's like up I was to my like, knees. I was literally, so I was literally having the thought like, oh my God, I'm about to do math on camera. Fuck. I know it's 24, <laughs> but is it really 24? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we had a topic for today. We, we did. So who we wants to it. who wants to introduce this shit? So I'll get started. Um, this was one we had talked about doing, uh, talking about body image. Uh, Olivia's discussed in the past that uh, she has a, uh, you know, she's you've you've had to deal with your eating disorder and. I think I've talked a little bit about how I've dealt with body image uh, throughout my life. So we're like, let's just make it an episode. And uh, I started, when I started actually trying to pull together a, an outline for this talk, I started to be like, oh man, I just don't really feel qualified to talk about this. And then I realized I was a woman in the United States and <laughs> I have been dealing with this for my whole life. So I probably have some things I can say about it. Probably, just a few. <laughs> so, um, 
When I was doing this, I started at a website called the National Eating Disorders Association. So that is a website um, that is very uh, clearly described in its title. So I'm not going to go into that anymore. Um, what do they do? Uh, they were. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I hate you so much. You're my God damn it, Courtney. Person. Yes, there it is. We're not even five minutes in. Uh, <laughs> my husband let the cat in. Hi, Kitty. It wouldn't be an episode without a cat busting in. So it's true. <clears throat> or like making noises from the floor above us when we're exactly. in the basement. Yeah. Um, so the National Eating Disorders Association describes body image as how you see yourself when you look in the mirror or when you picture yourself in your mind. It encompasses what you believe about your own appearance, including your memories, assumptions, and generalizations, how you feel about your body, including your height, shape, and weight, and how you sense and control your body as you move, how you physically experience or feel in your body. How do we feel about that description? Is it leaving anything out? I don't think so. It seems pretty thorough. Mm-hmm. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about body image. Let's talk a little bit about why we're talking about body image. I've talked a lot. Someone else talk. Uh, I mean, I, I think I can address <laughs> the why a little bit. Am I getting some Does cat face? The cat. There's yeah. some whisks. Oh. Yeah. There's some, hi, baby. Um, so I don't know. I might be the only one who thinks this, but it seems unlikely. Uh, most of Western culture isn't exactly like, hey, human beings, I'm going to be very supportive of your body and how you look. And you're going to have great body image because I'll teach you how to relate to your body very well. That's not a thing. That's not something that we do. Um, so I think the reason that we wanted to focus on it is because I can't actually think of a person that I know who has positive body image, who feels actively good about their body. and there are a lot of reasons for that. And many of them, I think, are wrapped up in social justice, whether it is sexism, whether it is capitalism, um, whether it's ableism. There are all sorts of reasons that we get told that our bodies aren't good enough. And I think it's really important to make that the base of our practice when we're social justicing, because that's one of like the most like the lowest level you can go is like the body that you're living in. If you can't find some way to push back against the negative messages about that, you don't have the foundation to like go talk about other stuff. You're already like uncomfortable in your own home. Yeah. It's um, <clears throat> I, I do. I have started to surround myself more with people who do, I would say do have positive body images. And the reason why I surround myself with them is because it has helped me like having that, that sort of um, those, I don't want to say role models, but those examples of people who have found comfort in their own skin um, has been really inspiring. And even though Olivia loves that word, I'm going to say it anyway, <laughs> super, super inspiring. <laughs> and um, has definitely just made me go, yeah, yeah, this like these ideas I have in my brain are bullshit and I should reexamine them. Yeah. Courtney, do you have anything to say about body image? Yeah, I do. I'm actually just thinking super hard about it, which is why I'm quiet. That's the only way you can get me to shut up is to get me to think about something seriously. Uh, Noted. So, yeah. Courtney, do this math problem. But, um, <laughs> Courtney, what's the translation of two feet to inches? <laughs> uh, uh, 
<laughs> that was nice. Yeah, good. Okay, so I don't know. I was just actually thinking that, like, I don't think I've, as long as I've been aware of my body, like, cognitively and physically, I don't think I've ever felt amazing about it. I, is that weird? No, that seems and pretty I, normal to me. I'm trying yeah. to think back to, like, you know, when the first time I actually was aware of, like, my body as being a thing that other people saw, immediately after that, it's like there was... There is nothing, no good feeling about it. And even like, um, God, I played soccer for 14 years when I was a kid and I was always fit and I was always in my mind larger than every other teammate of mine and, you know, body hair and the way my legs were shaped and the way my boobs grew in and like all of this stuff is just like, it's, it's never been for me a positive experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that uh, nationaleatingdisorders.org website says that body image concerns, as we all know, start very young in life. Um, they're quoting some studies that say by age six, girls especially start to express concerns about their own weight or shape. Mm -hmm. And 40 to 60 percent of elementary school girls age six to 12 are concerned about their weight or about becoming fat. You notice other people, too. I, um, I nannied for years um, and the girls I used to nanny we would always go swimming together. And I remember a four-year-old girl asking me, Courtney, how come you don't wear a two-piece like my mommy? Is it because your tummy's so big? Like, you're four. You are four. four Excuse old. me. Uh, no. You can shut up, four-year-old. Yeah, no, I was like, I basically, and I at that point, I should have, I should have had a better reaction, but I think I said, you know, honey, sometimes people aren't really, don't really like to ask answer questions like that. It might make them feel bad. Oh my God. Yeah. My nephew is four and he's just starting to ask questions about how people look. And so his mom has been trying to teach him like, only say nice things about other people's bodies because he keeps asking questions that are like really inappropriate and like make everybody feel shitty. And I'm just like, oh, four-year-olds, you're fucking hilarious. I do that and I'm 27. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, not to leave boys out, boys and men also get to deal with body image, right? Absolutely. <laughs> when I was babysitting once, uh, there was a little boy who I was babysitting who wanted to know when his body was going to look like Superman's because he was a huge comic book kid. And he wanted to look like Superman with muscles and that V-shaped body and the big chin. And uh, Oh, my God, he can have mine. I have the biggest fucking chin. <laughs> But, you know, it's, I, I was not well equipped to answer that when I was babysitting. And I remember I just mentioned it to his parents, like, that that might be something they want to talk about. But, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, what we see in media is what we internalize as normal, as as correct as the way it should be. Because otherwise, why would they be in these, you know, in these magazines? Why would they be on TV? You know. Well, and it's it's sold to us, right? Like people don't buy diet products and spanks and makeup. I mean, they might buy makeup, but like without being told you need this to look acceptable. Mm -hmm. And like there's a reason that advertisements constantly tell us be dissatisfied. And it's because then they can say our product will make you satisfied. Um, and so I think there is just like this very tight connection between body image and businesses who need to make money off of our bodies. 
Um, That's fucked up. Yeah, and I can get like said, be dissatisfied, and I was like, no, they don't say they fucking do say that. Yeah, like that is the message. Yes, they do. And like the way you look at all, I promise you, you're not really. Yeah, like oh, get this beach bod by doing these ten things that we're gonna get money off of. and and I and it goes further than that when you are anything other than white and skinny and able-bodied and cis, like all of the differences from the norm make it even harder to be accepting of your body because we want to police normalcy essentially. Um, and it's like people don't want to see difference. Even if you are different, you're supposed to hide it. And so if you're queer, but you look straight, you can pass, then people are less likely to fuck with you about it. And I think that plays into a lot of the problems that oppressed peoples have with feeling comfortable in their bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that message of selling, you know, to a certain extent, how we wear our bodies is up to us. And that concept of like wearing your body was really huge to me. I think I came across that um, sometime in my 20s, that what we're doing is wearing our bodies. And um, there's some things that we can't change about it. And there's some things that we can. And this wasn't like an empowering thing to me. It was more of a, a, a light bulb moment, you know, like that our cultural and societal values are what define an ideal body shape. And there will always be someone there who will tell us to wear our bodies differently, whether it's our shape, our size, uh, however we present, it's up to grabs. And there are some people who will mercilessly take advantage of that. Corsets, surgery, makeup, clothing styles, high heels, shoulder pads, glasses, haircuts, you know, all of these things. Skin lightener, teeth whitener, all of these things, how we, where our bodies, how we present our bodies is a commodity for other people to take advantage of. If you're not paying attention to that's what's going on. But I think like, Oh, go ahead. Oh, one of the things that like has been very important for me is um, thinking in a less dualist way. So one of the things that our bot that like society likes to tell us is you are your mind and then your body is just this, thing that you drive around. And so, well, why wouldn't you want to perfect that thing that you drive around and make these changes to it? And so for me, kind of questioning that and saying instead, like, no, my body is me. It's not an extra. It's not something that you can take or leave. It is me. And there's actually a lot of good scientific data about the ways that all of the things that happen to your body really influence how you think in a much deeper way than you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. called embodied cognition. It's super interesting. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so for me, not allowing other people to make that distinction between me and my body has been really helpful for saying like, no, you don't get to ask me to change it. You don't get to say it would be better this way. Like it is me and this is just how it is. And that's been helpful. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about the idea of wearing my body. Um, I always felt it was like this thing that I carried around, like it was just attached to me and I just had to carry it around. Um, So, (laughs) well, when you said wearing your body, that was something that was really kind of like, whoa, do I wear my body? Yes, I guess I do. But then I started thinking about um, the Slovene in Doctor Who and how they literally wear other people's skin 
And also that guy from Men in Black. He wears a fucking skin suit. And he's like walking down the street trying to get in it. And yeah. So they're like my anti-patronus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I relate to you so hard, but you're evil. The Slizzy, Slizzy? Yeah. Yeah, they're curvy and they fart a lot. <laughs> yeah, I love them. <laughs> And is it zygons that can turn into other people? Yeah. So Doctor Who break. I don't know the zygons. The zygons are the ones with the red triangular heads. Damn it! I don't think I know them. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up again. Um. So you guys, but like, shouldn't we want to be skinny because it's healthier? Oh my God! Weight is health. Awful. 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 Yeah, this was one of the things that um, made my life a living hell growing up. Definitely. You know, concern from my parents, very, very, especially from my mom, who is also overweight, you know, very worried about if I was bigger than I was unhealthy. So I, I don't I know. I have news I've, for you. You can you? be real unhealthy and skinny. What? I don't know if you knew that. What? What about Once you upon a time? Everything, though. Once upon a time at my lowest weight, when I was very active, I was incredibly unhealthy and almost killed myself by not eating. And that was super fun. Yeah. Uh, but fun story, you can't know how healthy someone is by how they look. What do you mean, Olivia? So there's a correlation. <laughs> there is a correlation between weight and health. That is true. Between weight and certain things like heart attacks or blood pressure, whatever it might be. But what they find a stronger causative link between is the lifestyle. Um, so if you are not active, if you're not eating well, but it turns out that some people can be active and eat well and still be fat. Uh, many people don't want to believe that. Many people want to be like, well, that's just that just can't be true because if you are healthy, then you would be skinny. That's not how it works. It just doesn't. That's how my family looks at it. Every fucking yeah. time I go home, there's always some backhanded. Oh, we just want you to be healthy, and you know we'll pay for you to go to the gym if you need to go to the gym. And are you flipping off my family with your middle finger scratching your nose? Maybe. Oh, here I can yeah. do that too. Just like a... I love you, Kathy yeah. and Brad, but do the like seriously. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that thing did that. I didn't know how this works. <laughs> I was just watching Guardians of the Galaxy last night. It was fucking amazing. Right? Uh, yes. No, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's constantly, it's like a you know, walk out into the garage. I'm like, Courtney, we love you and you're doing so well, but we're just very worried about your health. And I'm like, you just don't like looking at my fat body. Like, I, I know you don't. I know it's hard for you to look at this, but like, I've never been small. Could I get healthier? Yes. And actually, I just joined a gym to do that because- Brian and I want to have babies and I need to be a little bit in better shape to be able to physically support a fetus. That is a thing. Um, but it really should have nothing to do with your discomfort with looking at me, you know, like that's I think fucked up. One of the other things that has been like just fucking mind boggling to me was the idea that you don't owe being healthy to anybody. So like, even your family, not even your family, even if they come and they're like, oh, I just want you to be healthy. It's like, well, that's fucking great, but I don't have to be healthy. 
Mm-hmm. I get to make my own choices. And sometimes those choices are going to be unhealthy. And sometimes choices that are physically unhealthy will be emotionally healthy for me. Like last night I ate a goddamn bunch of pizza rolls and it was great. So fuck off. <laughs> um, sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> and pizza rolls. <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> but like a lot of people want to say like, well, I'll pay for it because of insurance. And it's like, you know what? That's not your decision. Like, we, d- we don't, people do all kinds of things that are unhealthy. And the idea that you get to control that because you pay into insurance is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of it is a crapshoot and you might end up paying for somebody who has cancer. And are you going to be pissed at them because they couldn't control it? Like, that's insane. Sorry, that's a bad word. But like, that is actually disconnected from reality Olivia. in any way. $9. Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of people with terminal diseases or any other sort of chronic disease that you have absolutely no fucking control over, why don't you fucking get on that shit? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's what I'm trying to point out how ridiculous is. I don't really believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, that's the other thing is you never know what is somebody's circumstances. Like, it's so common for people to be like, oh, well, why don't you just take the stairs? Why don't you do this? Why don't you just be healthier? And it's like, I don't know. Maybe they have chronic pain. Maybe they have some other thing that means they can't do whatever perfect miracle solution you've come up with. And so that like, there are especially people who are disabled or people who take meds. They're far more likely to be overweight because of whatever condition they have. Depression's one of them. That's another one too, is like, I always get the bullshit with like, you know, what would really help your mood is going to get some exercise. And what I want to say is it would really help my mood if you'd shut the fuck up because sometimes getting to the gym is impossible when you feel like shit. You can't get out of bed. If I can't get out of bed to go pee, do you think I can go to the fucking gym? I can't. Well, Courtney, maybe if you were just like more motivated, you would go to the gym and then feel better. Are you telling me that I should suck it up? Is that, is yeah, that I mean, like, suck it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, and it's just motivation. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm go. just being an asshole. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the underlying assumption that you don't know that exercise might make you feel better. Like, oh, have you ever considered <laughs> exercise as a potential solution to um, feeling sluggish? Like, I never realized that before. What? Wow, thank you for enlightening me. revolutionary. I never thought about it. Oh, you'll yeah. feel so much better. You yeah. really will. Okay, thank you. Why don't you just smile? You'll feel better. Why don't you suck it? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So I think it's super interesting as we're talking about this, how comments about bodies are so often veiled comments about other things that like we use bodies as a proxy for all of the other bigotries that we have because it's easier to talk about somebody's body and we find it like less offensive because calling people fat is still like, disliking fat people is still considered okay. And so like, it's easier to question that than to actually make a comment about what we want to comment about. I love you so hard right now. That yes. blew my fucking mind. That. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You guys, I'm in a really good mood today. <laughs> <laughs> woo woo. Oh. 
Uh, one of the other things about body shaming, uh, I think it comes from a place of gender norms. So we haven't talked about that yeah. much. So oh, yeah. don't take up space, women or yeah. female-bodied individuals or people who identify as female. Yeah, well, or that queer people, Jesus, queer fucking people, Christ. nobody should take up space except for penises. Penises <laughs> can do that, and they should manspread all day. Fuck that so. <laughs> Much. Did you ever get out of the way from that, No. <laughs> no. No. So I was at Panera and there was a man spreader. And every time I walked past the man spreader, I had to make myself really skinny and go past because I couldn't get my, my ass between the chair and the wall. And finally, I was like, do you think that guy could be manspreading anymore? And my partner got mad at me. He's like, that's a terrible term and you shouldn't use it. And I looked at him and I was like, really? Because I tell you about terrible, ableist, oppressive language all the time, and that's the one you want to dip at me on? That's the one you want to do? That's what we doing? Really? Are you sure? I'm going to fight about manspreading? Fuck. No. No. I don't know what it is. Not all, every, every man that I know, <laughs> all men, I'm coming out and saying it, all men, Ooh. lose their fucking shit when you talk about manspreading. What? Thing. Why is it a thing? I don't know. Like every man that I have had this conversation with is just like, but maybe I don't know. It doesn't seem that bad. I'm no, not my, really sure about it. Or everyone does that, not just men. Yeah. Or like, oh, you just need space for your dick. <laughs> I can't <laughs> help it. Testicles are hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I'm gonna take you. You make me wrap those up in a bra every day. So <laughs> seriously, suck it up. <laughs> So, so I'm going to reel us back from this tangent a little bit because right, I didn't want to go in that direction. <laughs> I wanted to talk more about um, the cultural and societal expectations of what's in style as far as femininity, masculinity, and how we perceive those things. Um, because there's, you know, I guess I'm thinking more about the last century since I'm a little bit more familiar with the fashion norms of the last century than other times. But, you know, at certain times we've had a preference for more feminine styles. We've had a preference for more masculine styles, uh, the eighties and shoulder pads, getting that weird V shape on women. Um, and we've had times when androgyny has been really in style. So how was that? Was that like the twenties? Oh, I just I, want I'm it to be all the time. Like, I'm thinking more like the nineties, like Kate Moss and heroin chic, like the shorter hairs, uh, shorter haircuts, the the skinnier frames, the more androgynous clothing style in the 90s. Yeah, I'm um, thinking about, I don't know if it would count, but I'm thinking about like Roaring Twenties flapper style is really like super, if you think about the previous feminine style of the tiny waist and the long hair, mm -hmm. the short cut and the big blouse uh, dress, big loose fitting dress is very, completely the opposite of yes. the way femininity used to look. And in my mind, for that time, that is as close as we're going to get to androgyny. That's my thought. Yeah, getting so, yeah, rid of the corsets. Yeah, yeah, going yeah, from yeah. that Victorian corseted waist to the the, the straight dresses. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. hiding that so, body yeah. shape. I was actually talking about this like on a much smaller scale the other night um, because somebody said ass day, and I was I thought they were talking about going to the gym. I thought they were talking about like leg day, leg day, arm day, ass day, <laughs> and. And they were like, that sounds really funny. I'm like, no, that's like an actual thing. Like people work out like to get the right shaped ass. And my husband was like, yeah, because it's now more in to have more of an ass than it used to be. 
even 10 years ago, it used to be like tiny butts and now bigger butts are in. And that's so like, fucking weird, isn't it? That like 10 so years ago, it was like, trendy? am I fucking trendy right now? Cause I have a huge ass and I'm goddamn <laughs> proud of that thing. Hell am yeah. Get it. So what are some representations <laughs> in media where they've really addressed body size? I'm thinking like movies, videos, shallow TV Hal, shows. which was like what a shitty movie. Shallow Hal. Oh, I don't know that it one. It was a shitty movie. Um, it was Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow. And Jack Black is like this really shallow dude who is only into fucking skinny ladies. And uh, somebody like puts a curse on him or something so that he sees people's inner beauty. And he gets a crush on Gwyneth Paltrow and thinks that she's gorgeous and stuff. But like the joke is actually she's super, super fat. I hate that so much. That sounds awful. Yeah. Which we should yeah. actually, we should also talk about the, we should also talk, I'm having trouble. We should also talk about the opposite end of where we have been talking about, which is larger bodies. We should probably talk about stigma against small bodies too. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. It is a thing. So like, what are you, what are you thinking about for the stigma that smaller bodies you when know, you say smaller, I, are you talking about skinny? Are you talking about shorts? Because height, talking about, I'm height talking is about a thin. thing. I'm talking yes. about thin. thin um, yes, thin shaming is a thing, and I have I have definitely done it. Like, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say a thing that I have said that's really inappropriate, which is, oh my god, go eat a sandwich, right? That's not cool. Yeah, yeah. super not cool. Done it. I have done it. It's mm -hmm. not cool. It's not nice. And some people, like honestly, I know many people who are very very thin and feel very self-conscious about it. And why should I make them feel bad about that? I shouldn't because I, I deal with enough. I know what it feels like to be made to feel like shit about your body. So why should I make someone else feel that way? You know? Well, and there is this assumption that if you are skinny, it's because you have worked very hard to be skinny. Mm -hmm. Either you're incredibly vain or you're anorexic. And for some reason, anorexic is considered an insult by most people which is also weird to me it's like you're sick ha you ha so gotcha thin. like what i don't get it Thumbs um, about you you're <laughs> so vain i think this song is about you don't you don't you i'm just gonna let you go yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> i was like when are you gonna stop me it's not an episode <laughs> until Play courtney says uh and, and I, as somebody who was like drastically underweight, you get some weird interactions with people, especially when you actually are anorexic. Like people do like force you to eat food in a way that's very uncomfortable and aggressive. Mm -hmm. Eat, yeah. eat, eat something. Yeah. Sometimes it was, it was probably good, good, but like, People that I did not know well enough to do that tried to do that. Mm -hmm. That's my grandma's favorite phrase. Eat you guys. Eat. Eat you guys. But everyone, not, you know, it just doesn't know what she said to anybody in her house. You know, no matter what your body looked like, it was eat, eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's how you show love. Yeah. <clears throat> I was so saddened by, I, I watched a movie and... I wanted it to be something else, and I don't know why I was surprised that it wasn't, but I really wanted 
Monique's Fat Girls to be an empowering movie. And it was so much of that thin shaming that you're talking about. It was a celebration of fat bodies for sure. And it was a celebration of a culture that doesn't prize thinness. But I, I recently watched that movie and I, I almost burned it in a fire after I was done with it because- Oh no. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, Monique is one of those women who I look at and go, that's somebody who owns their body. And um, I think that there is a lot of stuff that is problematic about the way that Monique talks about body image, which was sad for me. Yeah. Um, one I have, thing that I go, go ahead. One thing that I do want to just point out here is that thin shaming, at least in America, is not equivalent to fat shaming. Thank you. Right? Like, yeah. so fat shaming has a whole lot of societal power behind it. Mm -hmm. um, there are doctors telling you to lose weight. There are buildings that are not built appropriately for you, like the chairs, the booths, so whatever. Roller are not coasters. Yes. Airplanes. I just want to ride a roller coaster. What's you know, so wrong about that? <laughs> airplanes charging you for two seats if you're a certain size. There are that. all sorts of things that are like societally done that put power in the hands of people who are fat shaming that is not the same for people who are thin shaming. That doesn't mean either one of them are okay, but I just want to throw that out there because I have had a long journey with accepting that those are not the same, especially when I was anorexic. And it was like, how the fuck can you think that I have privilege when my brain is trying to kill me because of my body? And those two things are different. You know, there's a difference between the internal hatred and having society actually taking actions against you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very well pointed out. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the systemic cultural bias. Like you say that society is not set up yet for a lot of different body sizes and it does much more air on the side of the someone who's a slender to average size frame than it does for bigger bodies. So thank yeah. you. So we're not going into body dysphoria very much. Um, and I don't feel comfortable bringing that up um, as a, I don't want to talk about body dysphoria so much with regards to gender and sex, because that's not my experience. I don't have a lot to say about it, but um, that is something else that to, that's in the mix. That's it's a that's different topic. intersection. Yeah. Different, different. topic. Mm -hmm. There's an intersection, mm -hmm. but that's a different topic that deserves its own show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I will <laughs> say that like, if you are somebody who is transitioning or somebody who is non-conforming in some way, society is like, Oh, can we shame them? Fuck. Yeah, we can. Let's do it. Make them feel shitty about their body. So like, absolutely there is overlap there because you are once again like I think there is something really powerful about visually questioning gender norms in such a way that like you are physically living it such like so that people can't put you in the gender binary that freaks a lot of people the fuck out because they're like oh I don't know what you are you don't fit in my boxes um whereas if you visually look one way or the other they can at least be like no nah, but you're really this right because I can see it. And that's its own kind of shitty. But I do think that when you don't look either one of the binary, it like explodes people's brains for some reason. Mm -hmm. Aren't we? Don't we have an upcoming episode with someone who's really awesome at talking about stuff like this? I think we do. And I don't know the date off the top of my head, but I will find it. Yeah. 
and tweet it or talk tell you if I can find it right now. <laughs> I don't remember. You guys continue having this lovely conversation. Stretch, stretch. Do, 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 do. Um, I, I want to talk about, I, I like where we're going a lot of times with with what's going on with body acceptance and body positivity. Uh, right. As with any journey, there's going to be some pitfalls. There's going to be some people who go astray. But I think overall, um, we're making really great strides towards bringing attention towards or attention to body positivity and um, different body shapes and sizes. Uh, I squeal in delight still, though. Every time I see a plus-size model in a fashion advertisement, I squeal with delight. I'll, I'll turn to Erin. I'll be like, they had a fat model. Did you see her? She's so awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I love seeing plus-size models, non-binary models, um, basically anyone who queers our current standards of beauty. When I see them in places where you typically only see that standard, it just delights the fuck out of me. It makes me so, so, so happy. Uh, just real quick, right? we we are going to be recording with the hosts of Gender Reveal on April 22nd. I'm so excited. So, awesome. Yes, so awesome. So that episode <laughs> will probably be going up not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. If is you have not listened to Gender Reveal yet, y'all need to listen to Molly Woodstock because oh they God, are so good. bomb. So bomb. Yes. Yeah, they're really cool. So smart. Um, to jump back on something Brianne was saying earlier, I had a really weird experience uh last year so i have a friend who does um a project called body positive body positive pinup i think that's right um and so he takes photos uh, uh boudoir photos of all kinds of bodies to sort of showcase all of the beauty that exists in humans um and i saw a photo of his and it had somebody with scarring all over their belly and i i did not expect that to be as powerful as it was for me um i have self-harm scars down my arms on my stomach on my breasts on my legs almost everywhere that one can reach um and i don't think i've ever seen a body like that shown as beautiful um it's not a super common thing and scarring even when you're being body positive people don't view visible reminders of illness or damage to be positive um so that was like really intense for me to see that and i actually decided to do a photo shoot with him um and it turns out that even when you are like, yeah, body positivity, I'm going to do this. It's going to be great. Sometimes you still feel shitty. <laughs> and sometimes you look at the photos and you're like, that sucks. Don't like how I look in those. You were in a narwhal onesie in some of them. And I love them so much. <laughs> it's just super hard because I, I have know. put on probably yeah. 60 pounds in the last five years. And it's really hard to be realistic about the fact that like, yes, I do look very different from the way I used to look. And mm -hmm. I don't look the way that I imagine myself to look anymore. You know, in my brain, I am still skinny. Um, and in my physical body, I'm not. And so having visual evidence of that is really difficult. And I think that that's one of the places where the rubber hits the road when you're trying to talk about body positivity. And so I also want to like recognize that sometimes you can't be body positive and that's okay. Like it's okay to try something and realize like that didn't feel good for me. Mm -hmm. And 
maybe I can't love my body. Maybe I can't feel great about my body right now. Maybe the best I can do at this point is not hate it or not treat it like crap. And that's something because there's a lot of messages telling you to do worse things to it. So anything you do in the step of pos positivity is still something. Mm -hmm. These they're, they're deep wells, right? I mean, these are hard, hard scars to recover from. Um, you know, I think that's, for me, I mean, I'm never going to remember, I'm never going to forget that despair I felt when my mom took me to Lane Bryant for the first time as a teenager and thinking all sorts of negative thoughts about myself. Um, oh, God, yes. You know, there Those are just days, feels. yeah, days when I just can't do it. There's days when I feel like, oh, blah, 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 body acceptance, body positivity, what a load of shit, you know, like I'm fooling myself. And mm -hmm. You know, there are days like that and it's going to happen and, you know, hopefully you can find your way out of it. But yeah, that's, it's not all roses and rainbows and butterflies and happiness. Um, it's, it's work. Body positivity is work. Body acceptance is work, I think. Aww. And it's, it's like a really deep fucking thing because bodies are hard. Like they don't. They keep do changing you, on you. Yeah, like they don't do what you tell them to do. My half body's the time. real soft. I just have to point out, it's just not hard. It's real soft, real <laughs> soft and squishy. And I've always found that kids really like me, and they like to snuggle me. And everyone's like, "Wow, why do those kids like you so much?" I'm like, "Cause I'm squishy, and I'm comfy, and they like it." Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Sorry, were you saying something serious? Nah. Yeah. No, I don't know. She's like hard interacting with our physical world is fucking weird and it doesn't make sense. How does it work? I don't know. What the hell? My brain isn't physical, but I do physical shit. That's fucking weird. Most people mm. don't think of it that way, but it, it fucks me up. And so like being in a body that's like, I don't know how you work. And sometimes you do shit that I didn't tell you to do. And sometimes you get sick and like you're a constant reminder of death. Cool. Good job, body. <laughs> like, oh my God, this is so dark. <laughs> This is why I had an eating disorder because <laughs> this oh, is how I feel about my body. I feel, but like very, very all of this shit. Kids. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the shit having a body, and even if you don't consciously think about it, it's there. Like all of the stuff that disgusts you about your body is typically stuff that reminds us of the fact that we're animal and capable of dying, like poop and vomit and blood. All of it is just like death. I'm getting dark. No! Anyway. Parents, do you have a child who's showing an interest in philosophy? Speak up now. <laughs> because this is just the tip of the iceberg. Right. And it gets so much worse. It gets so much worse. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking I'd get a laugh this week because I'm learning about existential therapy in school. And I was like, this is Olivia's world existential yeah, therapy it totally is except i think that if you were to engage in existential therapy you would implode possibly <laughs> my therapy is more like olivia you're not allowed to ask any more existential questions today and i'm like but why and they're like shut up i told you not to no more you're done um yeah i want to talk about something that happened to me this past week was it last week or the week before oh. um oh why don't you know oh. um so i started working out and i joined a gym that does interval training because if you put me in a gym i'll walk around like this I started, uh, what's that i'll go to the pool 
and I'll just, you know, chill in the hot tub and, you know, do a, a lap. But really, I don't know what to do in a gym. And so I joined one that tells me what to do. Well, I'm in the middle of kicking my own ass. And uh, the trainer comes over and I'm like having to modify things for myself. And I'm just like, I'm definitely the largest woman in there. And I am, I am, I'm good. I'm comfy. I'm doing my thing. I'm working it. <laughs> the trainer comes over and goes, are you good? Are you okay? It's so good that you're here. And I wanted to say, go fuck yourself. So hard. Like that was the most condescending, unhelpful, backhanded, unintentionally insulting piece of shit thing to say to a fat girl who's trying to work out. I can't, I can't let go of it. It probably happened. Yeah. It was probably two weeks ago and I still hate it. Gyms are just like fucking hard, y'all. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing aerial fitness lately, which is pretty fucking intense and leads yeah. to many bruises. Uh, that's kind of fun. Bruises are fun. <laughs> they make me feel like I'm doing something. I'm like, <laughs> I've accomplished something. I bruised, which I don't know, that seems unhealthy to me. Um, but like I had a, a teacher the other day who was fucking skinny as fuck like she was tiny she's fit she can do like a bazillion sit-ups like she does stuff and she's like you just move like this and then she like fucking rolls herself up into the silk and i'm like how did you do that (laughs) and and she she's she kept saying stuff like oh i used to have abs but then i loved food more and i was like look lady if you have body image issues, that's fucking fine, but don't bring them here because you're the skinniest person in this room. And you saying that like you're too big to have abs is such a fucking insult to everyone else here. And I realized that I feel like there's this really hard line to draw where deriding yourself says something about other people because sometimes it doesn't, right? Like sometimes you're actually just talking about yourself and you're actually being like, eh, I don't like my body. But sometimes when you're like, eh, I don't like my body because it's fat and you're the skinniest one in the room, it's like, think about it for a second. So think from an analytic perspective, my brain goes immediately to failed attempt to be relatable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I got to get down with them on, on their level. I know they're struggling. I got to talk to them about and be real. And so I'm going to be real this way. And you failed hard. It didn't work. Yeah. Well, and like women bond over hating on their bodies, right? That's a fucking thing. Yep. And it Yeah, who did that one comedy skit about like, oh, I'm so naughty. I'm just gonna eat this one cookie. And by the end they like cannibalize the waiter. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It might have it might have been an Amy Schumer piece, but it was like a bunch of skinny ass women sitting around a table in a restaurant and they'd be like, somebody would come by with something be like, well, I really shouldn't, but I guess I'll take one. And you know, oh, it's just... <laughs> okay. Also food is not moral. There isn't right? food, Thank you. food unless it's like a baby human. Don't eat a baby human. That's immoral. We're not making dead baby jokes. It's wrong. Sorry. We would never do that. But like, it's never been done here before. (laughs) But like, seriously, like just because something has more calories does not make it bad or naughty or you shouldn't, you know. Yeah, why do you put a qualifier on the fucking food? 
it 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 has an it has no moral weight whether you eat it or not you're not bad or good you're making a decision that may or may not be healthy whatever but that's not a moral choice your health is not something that you'll be judged for by the one and only pan pan, pan would pan. never judge us on that no true pan. exactly pan dionysus are our, our, our pals and we would just go drink wine and fuck and eat all the food we wanted that is that's my religion yes in nature, probably naked. That's yes, yes. No, but that is, that is interesting. Like the idea of I'm being naughty and I'm having some cake, and like you know what, if that works for you, you want to take it to the bedroom. That's cool. But like, if you really feel like you're being bad <laughs> because you're having a piece of cake, like it's an indulgence, maybe, right? Maybe it's not something we want to do all the time, or maybe it is. Fuck it, I don't care. But to label something as bad is like. That's an inanimate object. It makes it super weird. <laughs> it's like people imply that if they stick to their diet, then they're a better person. And if they don't, then they're a worse person. And this was something that like fucked the fuck out of me when I had my eating disorder, because I was like convinced that if I didn't eat, I was actually just a better human being. Like that's how I could prove that I was a good person. Right. I mean, that's, that's what yeah. it's tied up in. It's like uh, self-control. Have... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and sacrifice for some reason, like it was, uh -huh. and it was tied up in like weird Catholic shit. But like fasting is a is like, oh, I'm giving up stuff, and that makes me better because then other people could have it, but not really. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's very fucked up. So we've got about nine minutes left. I wanted to once again refer back to, I want to talk about positive stuff. I want to end on positivity. <clears throat> um, even though positivity isn't always the answer, that's not what I'm trying to say, but I would like to end this on a more positive note. Um, so the National Eating Disorders website, again, has a, a list that they... <laughs> It's great. They start out with like, basically a list can't do anything for you, but here's a list just in case you want to read it. And they talk about uh, steps to positive, positive body image. Um, and they've got some, some really interesting ideas on there, you know, like about appreciating what your body can do. You were talking about aerial fitness, Olivia, um, you know, appreciating what you can do with the body that you're in because Maybe it's not just a meat sack. Maybe it is who you are. This is me. This is my body. And look what it can do. And isn't that amazing? Um, I, I know that that's a thought that I've had in more recent years. Have you guys uh, thought about that much? I've heard that one a lot. It comes up in eating disorder treatment pretty often. Okay. Um, I haven't found it as helpful personally because I have a kind of a fucked up body. I'm blind in one eye. Um I don't have good coordination. Like in my family, I am the least athletic one and the least fit one. And so like when I think about what I'm good at, it's not physical stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. So it might work for some of you. It might not work for some of you. Yeah, I think for me it was powerful because I grew up being the person who couldn't in gym class. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter yeah. what it was. I couldn't do it. I couldn't yeah. do the pull-ups. I couldn't do the push-ups. I couldn't do the, the, the climb of the rope. This test bullshit. Fuck that shit. That ruined my life. Yeah, absolutely. Mine too. And uh, so I grew up understanding that my body couldn't do all these things. I couldn't do all these things. And um, I eventually came around to that other way of thinking like, okay, so I can't run a mile in six minutes. 
But you know what I can do? I can run a mile in 11 minutes, and that's pretty fucking awesome. You know, you know? You know what else you can do? You can convert two feet of snow into inches. I can't do that, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Cardi, I definitely thought you were going to say fuck. You thought I was going to say you can fuck? Yes. That's <laughs> just my go-to, apparently. I don't know why, but it sounded like you were going to be like, you can fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True, though. Um. Yeah. I think more than the more helpful things for me, and this is, you know, as as a worshiper of Pan and one who revels in the wonders of nature and art, um, it is very predictable that I would find empowerment in song and music. Um, there's two songs that I really like. One is where um, I am the body beautiful. Do you remember the song at the beginning of Tu Wong Fu? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's sexy as fuck and we should post it in the show notes, but this is the song that I will like waltz around my bedroom to, buck ass naked thinking about how fucking sexy I feel. Mm-hmm. That one's fun. The other one, and this is probably my favorite of choice right now, is um, Lizzo. What is the oh, name? Oh yeah, song? Lizzo. Oh, Lizzo. I gotta find it. But it's so good i think it's called feel myself but let's like i think that mm-hmm. is one of hers yeah yep. excuse me yep it's called excuse me yep excuse yeah. me S-E- excuse me yeah excuse me yeah it's so good slapping on that ass getting thicker <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that something worked for me that like we already were like man this doesn't work for everybody but like moving my body has actually been really helpful for me mm-hmm. just not in the ways that most people think like I did traditional exercise for most of my life I was a competitive swimmer um I played basketball I tried running for a while and was like well this sucks I lifted weights and was like yeah this sucks too um But the thing that actually helped me was finding activities that I actually enjoyed doing so that I could feel like, oh, I'm having fun with my body. And then things that I could see progress on and things that involved thinking while I was doing it. So rock climbing worked really well for me where it's kind of a puzzle that you have to solve and you can like see when you get to the top and you can see the progress that you're making. Um, Swing dancing was really great for me. Uh, aerial yoga, really great. Um, I played taiko for quite a while, which is What's Japanese. That? It's Japanese drumming, but it's oh, like very choreographed. Yeah, it's oh, super cool. physical. It's a really good workout. And so, like doing these things where I'm not totally focused on like, oh, what is my body doing? It hurts. How far have I gone? Have I hit my goal yet? I'm thinking instead about what is this rhythm, or where do I go next, or how do I get to this place. Um, but also doing something where I'm like, oh, this is fun. I get to go up. I get to like swing around. I get to move. It's fun. Um, really changes the way I relate to my body so that it's not about like, oh, what, what am I? Am I hitting the next number? Am I going another mile? But it's more about like, can I do this? That sounds fun. <laughs> I can do that. And my body is part of it. And we're playing sort of. I'm playing with myself. That sounds dirty. Oh, boy. Yeah, I would definitely second that. That's that was a major shift in my perception too. Like moving your body doesn't have to be about working out. It doesn't have to be a chore that you have to do every day before work, which is what I felt like for a long time. Like if you miss a day at the gym, then you're a bad person. Um, finding those 
areas to be physically active that were was actually something fun, like exploring a forest. I love hiking. I love going out on paths that I don't necessarily know what I'm going to find along the way. I do like knowing where the end point's going to be. I, don't... <laughs> I feel like you're a closet pan worshiper. You just haven't arrived there yet. Uh, no. Nature. no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do we have to butt plug? Yeah, do it. Plug our shit, Olivia. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I would I, do it, but you're just like the best of us. At yeah, you're the, shit, yeah, you're the so. one who knows it. I'm the this, worst of us consistently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been super serious social justice. It was a bit of a meandering episode, but I think we all had fun. Um, and I'm glad we talked about it because this is some important shit. Um, we have tons of other episodes, which you can find on our website, which is sssjcast.com. Uh, there are also pictures of cats there, which is pretty important. If you would like your cats to be featured on our website, you can email us at sssjcast at gmail.com. But and you can also email us. Yeah, you can also email us about anything. Um, we love interacting with our listeners. So if you have thoughts about body image, if you have resources, if you want to share a way that you found better comfort in your body, um, feel free to email us. But you can and also Olivia reach us. made us stickers. I did. If you want stickers, all you have to do is provide your mailing address to us anywhere that you feel comfortable doing so, whether that's our email or any of the many social media sites on which we reside, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. You can either find us at Super Serious Social Justice Podcast or SSSJ on all of those. SSSJCast. SSSJCast. <sighs> we are on Welcome. iTunes. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on all of the podcasting places. And we would love it if you left us reviews because they are what allow other people to see us and see that we're great and listen to us. And that's really what we're here for is all of those dollar dollar bills that we get from those ears. That was a weird song that I just made up. Really? Uh, we don't get anything. Yeah, we get no money. Out of no this. money at all. Um, <laughs> I think that's everything from us. Um, thanks to Jody. Yeah. So in closing, uh, this episode will end up with all of our lovely things. Um, so it will have our graphics from Jody T. Yay. And it will have our intro and outro music from the kind red spirits. And we really appreciate both of them for allowing us to use their lovely artwork. So and thanks to Orbit Pond for letting us be here today. This is super sure. fun. And to all of you, I hope we have some people watching live right now. I have no idea how to find that out. Um, <laughs> but thank you all for showing up and listening. That's pretty baller. Word. <laughs> I like yeah, it. Yeah. And I think, I think we're good. I think we're out. Okay. Bye. Bye. We lit off fast as hell. 20 federalities on our trail and they're gone. set for kill. I knew we would never make it So I dropped you off at the depot station I kissed you once for every pain I felt Sorry as hell without my companion I was doing 90 on the edge of the canyon And the federals moving in on me They said son we'll take you dead or alive So you better play ball if you want to survive We got